Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every week I sit down for a gorgeous conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. On today's episode, I'm joined by Alan Leach and Laura Carmichael, aka Tom Branson and Lady fucking Edith of Downton Abbey, where I asked them, can I not have a nervous breakdown while I interview two of the most amazing cast members from Downton Abbey? Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Benes. I'm literally going to shit my pants. Um, we have not one, but two cast members from the upcoming film, Downton Abbey, A New Era. The film follows. If You know what? If you are listening to this podcast and you don't know the name of... Okay, fine. It's the Crawleys. It's the Crawleys. And it follows their journey uh, as they go to the south of France. They uncover the mystery of the Dowager Countess's newly inherited villa. It is... But it, it is such a stunning movie, you guys. I I cried so hard. I I literally gave me chills. I like I had as soon as I finished, I had to call my mom, both my aunties, my best friend Patty. I had to tell everybody, and they were like, "I feel you about to spoil it." And I was like, "So anyway, everyone, we literally have Alan Leach, who is Tom Branson, and we have Laura Carmichael, who's Lady Edith. Welcome to Getting Curious. Oh my God, thank you so thank you for much for having us. So let me just take you back. I'm obviously we're going to talk about the movie, but I just have to take us back to 2013 in America. We had to get your guys's DVD sets because we didn't have it on PBS yet. We were on this like horrific delay. Thank God my stepsister who introduced us to Downton was married to the Scottish man at the time. So we were able to get the hookup on the box sets before they came out yes. here. It was like this whole thing. It really was emotional watching the movie because I feel like I've grown up with Downton. Like I yeah. have been watching it since it started. My life has like upended and changed 15,000 times. And, and it's it's my comfort food. It's like what I, I've, I've seen it 50 billion times. I watched it as many <laughs> times in the 24 hours that the link would like let me watch the movie. I watched like six times. Okay, fine, maybe, maybe three. Basically, if you're interested in watching the Downton movie, uh, you should probably skip this entire thing because it's going to be spoiler alert central like I'm going to be doing like a full interrogation of this movie not like a scary journalistic one just like a I'm obsessed like (laughs) fangirl like you're going to be exhausted after this Um, okay so first of all just in case anyone's been living under a rock let's start with Alan only because Laura I feel like as Lady Edith honey you were like you know you were giving upstairs Alan had to do a whole transition it was like a whole thing I feel like Lady Edith has probably gotten although Lady Edith always had to go second actually no I'm reversing (laughs) course Lady Edith you go first. Tell us who you are and what your character is. Oh my god. Um, So, I am Laura Carmichael and I play Lady Edith um, who is the middle of the Crawley Girls. There's three sisters. She's the middle child, the problem middle child. Um, You sort of meet her and she's kind of she's a little bit nasty at times. She feels kind of a little bit overlooked. She lives in Lady Mary's shadow, the gorgeous Lady Mary played by Michelle Dockery. And she has beautiful, kind, gorgeous sister, Lady Sybil, who is married to Tom Branson at one point. Anyway, she has a full-on journey through the season. She really becomes a modern woman. Such a full journey. And also, can I just say, sidebar, I was just like a little bit trauma after season three and I was like going through my grieving. I was like going through my feelings and I was like, Jesus Christ, I just can't do this right now. So I just like had to give it a pause. But it turns out, this is like a controversial opinion, but it's true. I think season four and your journey with your baby, honey. Mm-hmm. When I watch it a few years after 2013, like once the shot goes away, it's actually, it's, I think it's the best season. I'm just going to say uh, it. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's so good. That story yeah. is so rich. I love it so much. And I just, yeah. I have chills on my triceps and on my quads. You took us on such a journey. I'm obsessed. Oh, We're going to get back there more later. You. Now, Alan, full disclosure, obviously, I've had a crush on you for almost 10 years. You know, everyone knows it. It's it's totally fine. I mean, you're just, your character is just such a charmer. So gorgeous. Oh my God, season three. I can't even talk about it. Like, oh Mm -hmm. God, it's just, oh fuck. You just, you took me there. Jesus Christ, you both are such good actors. I can't take it. Um, But tell us who your character is and what your story is. So I play Tom Branson, who arrived into Downton Abbey as the chauffeur, fell in love with the youngest daughter, wouldn't take no for an answer, said, you, I know you love me too. You just have to like look at this grubby little Irishman and see a little bit more than, you know, what you are used to. Finally, she opened her eyes and thought, this is the greatest city in the world. And then mm-hmm. she died. And <laughs> uh, directly after childbirth, 
Fuck preeclampsia. I hate preeclampsia. Yeah. I hate it more than anything. I hate it so much. And it's still actually a really big problem, not even jokingly. It's, it's like, true. It's, no, yeah. it's like a thing. It's, yeah. Yeah, it really is a thing. So through that, he then finds himself stuck at the at the house. He can't go back to Ireland because of what's happened in the past with his with his wife. And he has to reinvent himself and he becomes the estate manager. But still, he's very lost, very lonely. And by the end, he also manages to try and help Lady Edith and calls his, mm-hmm. uh, his other sister-in-law a bitch. <laughs> and that, which I, that was a great moment. And uh, mm. and then... I'll never forget. In the, in, in the first movie, uh, towards the end of it, he finds love again, which is great. Mm. And that's where this new movie starts. So the, Downton starts April 14th. 1912. There's like a little bit of a Titanic intrigue there, which we're obsessed with. Mm-hmm. But now this movie is in 1929. The hair is different. The clothes mm-hmm. are getting different, which I'm just so enjoying that journey. And can I also just say, uh, as long as we're at it, Laura, I feel like if I had been a producer on season one, actually all of them, well, especially seasons one through three, I'd have been like, um, if you guys like want Lady Edith to have this whole like overlooked one, can we stop making her so hot? Like the hair is perfect. Uh, the clothes are perfect. Uh, like she's so cute. Like you're so <laughs> So cute. Your style is everything. And just the entire time. And Lady Mary's is too, but I just feel like, I was like, what are they talking about? Overlook? She's like, she's so cute. She's like, I'm, like, I just, I'm always in Team Lady Edith. I love her. I, like, I just, we love Edith. Everyone does. So the first movie was, it was like the last movie I saw before the world shut down. What was it like to kind of come back onto set and you're back? Oh, it was, it was amazing. I mean, it was helpful for us to know it was coming because I think that feeling when the world shut down of like oh my god will we what's going to happen next so to know that we had another Downton coming was I just felt like a, a lifeline really and then to come back together we really are a family you know we've known each other mm. for the longest time now and we've been through so much together and this journey together of the show becoming this this whole thing you know around the world so yeah, it was really, really special. Um, and probably one of the happiest shooting experiences I've ever had, actually. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Laura, actually, because mm. we keep saying goodbye to each other. And I remember yeah. when the, the the show ended after six seasons, we had this huge emotional goodbye to High Clear. We had emotional goodbye to each other, promising to always stay in touch, which we have, the majority right. of us. And then suddenly it was like, Oh, it's you again. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did have that kind of feeling of, okay. And then we did it again after that movie. We're like, yeah. this was one off. This was it. It was so special, amazing. And then three years later, you're like, hey, so that's just awkward. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, but, but the difference is we keep saying goodbye in the hope that we get to come back now yeah. to see each other. Because as Laura said, we are a family and we've, we've watched this show grow and be as successful as it is together. It's been a surprise for all of us. None mm. of us expected it. So I don't know if you ever saw this, but gorgeous lady Maggie Smith, she did this episode Mm -hmm. of um, Graham Norton and he was like, so have you ever seen Downton? And she was like, "Um, I have the box sets. And I was like, it's like the best show of all time. But you guys have seen it and binged it, obviously. Yeah, we've seen it. Yeah. 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 Do you watch it more than once? Like you do, because it's like, do you guys both realize like how fucking good it is or is it confusing <laughs> since you were like there so you're like I lived it but being like a purveyor of yeah. TV like you guys see that it's like such a gripping incredible series like um, you're obsessed so lovely um, yeah no it is but it's also so lovely to watch your friends work so because yeah. a lot of stuff you wouldn't be involved in and then you get to watch them and you go oh that's wonderful that's great definitely um, I, I tend not to watch it more than once but I had to go back then when we came to do this movie I was like what and that yeah. was a really cool thing to do. I think we've all kind of done that. Yeah. And especially during the pandemic. We're like, what was that like? Considering we have to go back and starting yeah. again on the first episode. Of course, you hate everything you've done, but you love everything everyone else yeah. has, you know? Uh, Tom, you were, I mean, when you saved her from that fucking protest, she's so good. Um, I didn't mean to, I'm sorry. Alan, when you saved her from that protest, it's so good. Um, so, um, because I just, I have so many... So many questions. So, because I think as a viewer, like, I always think, like, you know, because when we shoot Queer Eye, like, usually when we're together, it's like we're all just, like, in a trailer, like, you know, 30 seconds away in case someone needs us. But I guess yeah. it's like if you're shooting a scene, Edith, or Edith, get it together, John. <laughs> if you're shooting a scene, Laura, it's like, of course, maybe, like, Alan's not going to be there because, like, you're in, like, the journalist yeah. place in London. So, like, Alan's not going to be there because, honey, he's back. At, so it's not like they're, yeah. like, right at a trailer. Like, you guys are all working at separate times. Well, and the high clear yeah. stuff is separate from the Ealing, the studio stuff that tends to be the way. So the downstairs, the servants is all shot in a studio. They've built that kitchen. It's a set. Um, what? It's very magical. Yeah. I can't. 
So when we go to Downton, would you guys keep saying that word yeah. that starts with H? Hi, Hi what? Hi, Hi Clare Castle. That's the real mm. name. Hi Clare Castle. Cool. Stunning. Yeah. I actually knew this from so you all knew. Um, but yeah. the, the downstairs isn't there? No. No, so they, they have the no kitchens here. Yeah. I'm so basic. I put like the sick and basic because I like, it's like, of course, like I do TV. I should know this, but like you guys just did such a good job of it. Really feel like it was like right there. It's like the Golden Girls. That house isn't really the inside of that house. Yeah. It shocks me. <laughs> I still, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. One of the most fun things to do was to, when you shot an alien and as a family, you know, you said, okay, goodbye to the servants. You had to pretend to go up the stairs. Yeah. You would literally get like, we would all be like rammed up beside each other at the top yeah. trying to make sure that we cleared the bottom step so it looked like we'd left. You could have there's like nowhere, five it doesn't go anywhere. Months. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually wondering that for both of you. So like becoming a producer and becoming, you know, more into TV, I was always a hairdresser, but I've learned a lot in the last like 10 years about yeah. telly. And I think that if you watch a TV show and you're aware that you're watching it, like that's part of where it loses its magic. But I feel like Downton, what has always been its strength is like when I turn on Downton, like my house stops. Like mm. I am there. I am like, in the time like it's just it's so complete and I think as time has gone on I've wondered like you're in this outfit and then like what about when you go to crafty and there's like it's you know, 2021 <laughs> or two yeah. but then it's like you you look this way and it's like 1914 or 1929 <laughs> yeah. like what's it like is that like disorienting like being on set and it being like two different times I mean well there's so much you know camera shiznes around that you, it's a constant like weird image I think we've got sometimes you know the comfy shoes under those nice dresses you know the guys have hidden their iPhones in their pocket yes <laughs> or we're sat on it um you know there's lots of those kind of weird glitches in the otherwise beautiful mm. image do you remember there was that weird photo that got out of me oh yeah i did i wasn't going to bring it up but you did yeah, you, you said it not me. if you had zoomed out a bit further you would have seen like the lights and the you know the the tape on the floor and all of the wires mm. But that bottle got usurped by the Game of Thrones Starbucks cup. So that That's bottle true. really only had to live in infamy for like, exactly. it was a very blip. And me being myself, great. like, I, I don't know if you guys watch um, Westworld, but I feel like yeah. when I'm a mm. super fan of something, it's like I become a robot and like I refuse to see any sort of press that like, I'm like eh, I can't see it. It doesn't, I don't, yeah. mm, I can't see it. Yeah. I just never, mm, I don't know. So I watched this down to Nabby documentary and it was fierce because Michelle was talking about how I was like, don't call her Lady Mary. Don't call her Lady Mary. <laughs> Michelle was talking about how like if she walked into a room and was like her body language wasn't right. That was it Julian or is there like another historian who's Alistair. not Julian? Yeah. Alistair Bruce. Alistair. Yeah. Yeah. Alistair. Yes. Oh, God, that's like the perfect name for a historian. I can't stand it. So what was that like for you, Tom? Because or Jesus Christ, Alan, so you guys are like historians, like in your own right, because you have you know, had to play these people around like all these like really like expert historians. So you learn a lot. Was that really as improbable as they make it seem like at that time, like if a chauffeur for a family was going to like work his way, like that really is like fucking mm. scandal, right? It was absolute scandal. Yeah. And, and the family would have fought probably, although they did try very hard, they probably would have fought incredibly, incredibly hard to make sure it didn't happen and certainly never got out that this had occurred. And the one thing that Alistair did say, if it did occur, and we fought about this a lot, he's like, so immediately my character being an Irish socialist, you know, he would have changed and he would have tried to adapt. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think, mm. and the way I ended up playing it was very much like, I can't believe you guys are all nuts. Look how you live your existence. And that's what Julian really enjoyed because then he began to write to that, that Tom Branson became the eyes of the audience. Anyone outside this social class and structure who has no understanding of it, suddenly Tom's sitting there going, seriously, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. I love that. So you guys, when you would see a script for a new season or a movie, you if you like read something and you were like, ah, I like... Edith kind of feels like she would more do this or Tom feels like he would more do that. Like mm. producers would be open to your like feedback on that and incorporate mm. it into your character. I think it's so, more about how we yeah. play it. Mm. I think oh. it's more about how we play it. Yeah, That's yeah, definitely. yeah. So you can't change you can the lines and it's like there's a difference of like if you were like so like Tom like or uh, Alan this is like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life Alan if you um not really but Alan so <laughs> what's an example of that so you were just saying like um I don't know like I think he would have said like so the line was the same it was just like how you yeah. perform the line how you would perform it yeah so rather than say be especially for Tom if I had every any point to show defiance rather than 
you know, just cowering down to say a lord or, or a lady who might be above me, the idea that he traded them, not that he's not reverential, he's respectful, but he's not reverential. So I would play it in that way rather than, I try to treat oh, like, him like, like an equal. Ah, oh, I love that. And so then was there ever times where like you guys would be shooting like, like, um, like Laura, for instance, like, it's a wedding. I'm sorry. It's a wedding. <laughs> like, when you read that, were you just like, why do we got to do her like that? Because that's what I said. Yeah. I was like, fuck me. Why do we got to do her like that? I mean, there's certain elements there that I I was like, God, that's just so good. I'm so lucky that I get to play this like meaty storyline. So there was a lot of that. But I was famously, um, I didn't want to let Gregson go. You loved <laughs> Gregson, honey. I loved him. And so <laughs> I was like, really? Guys, come on. I also am obsessed with the zaddy. So I get it. Like yeah, for your yeah. character, you know? Exactly. It felt right. So I think I was having a real moment during that time of like, he has to come back. He has to come back. And then Julian ended up writing that like they found bits of him to make it quite clear. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Laura, but was like, let it leave go. It to me. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. must let it go. Yeah. So would there ever be a time where like, if you guys were in scene, like, and let's say that like Alistair was like, oh, like it was like a little bit too proud. That was giving me mm-hmm. like 2010 and I need it to be giving me like 1919. Like <laughs> would they like would they cut right in the middle or like let the scene end and then go back? Or would it be like either or? No, they, they would tend to let it play out because oftentimes we didn't shoot just one camera. It was multi-cam in a way that we always had, say, a master and then we, you might be popping off to... Uh, characters, close-ups, or at least they're, they're, they're mm. mid-shots. So we'd have to lay the play out. I mean, it famously happened that Lily James didn't want to stop a scene, but they forgot to put a plate down for her. And she had soup. And so she was just like, I'm, I'm doing it. And she just poured <laughs> soup onto the table and onto herself. When was that? Like, what? That was like one of the first, her first yeah, dining room so scenes. So like Lily four James came season four. Yeah. Mm. And, and then everyone was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Wait, what character is she? Because sometimes I get... She played. She was Rose. Lady Rose. Oh my God! It was yeah. Rose. It was her first time, yeah. and she just was like, "Fuck yeah. it!" I'm going. And she was that, just like, yeah. "I don't know what to do." What to do? Yeah. And everyone's face around the table was just eyeballs looking at the table. <laughs> I would love to see that those because there oh, were yeah. the, we were all looking at each other going, "Why isn't she just letting people know?" Oh, she's picking up the the ladle. Oh, she's what's she she's pouring do? soup on the table and on herself. <laughs> yeah. What, is there any other like times or like like any other just like really funny moments from filming ever that you guys like still talk about? Like, remember that time like, you know, you fell down the stairs or oh, like yeah. someone like just farted really loud right in the middle of the scene or something? <laughs> we, Adam and I had to dance yeah. together. Do you, were you going to say that one? So I think it was, was a Christmas special and... It, we were just doing a very bad job at the dancing, but we then had to... No, it was no, a lot of let's dialogue. be honest, it was me. It was <laughs> no, me. I was doing a bad job. You were a very good dancer. Oh, God. And just, just, this is, I didn't even know who was leading to the point that we, we started and <laughs> we were about to go and they went, and action, and I went back and so did Laura. That's how bad I was. So I actually we went the like opposite both, way. We, we both, both just parted. They were like, the we, you're dancing together. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and, but we, were, we had quite a lot of dialogue. I was encouraging him to... I don't know, to keep searching for love or something. I can't remember now. Yeah. But a, a good amount of dialogue. And Anne and I could not stop laughing. And it was really, really To the point bad. that they stopped us laughing. Literally, they, it made no sense within the story where everyone else is just about to start dancing. And then I decided that I'd play it, that I kind of need to talk to you seriously. So we had to leave the dance floor. We had to not make it a dance anymore. Yeah. Um, so we, we yeah. used to get in a lot of trouble, me and, and Laura, for, for getting the giggles. Because you just have too much fun. Too much Mm. fun. I love that. Okay, so wait. So when you guys get ready, because like the HMU seems really intense. Mm -hmm. Eat it. I mean, Jesus Christ. Laura, your hair is not that dissimilar from Lady Edith. Did they just finger wave your own hair or was that all wiggage? Well, it was different for different series. Yeah, and the films, it was a wig. Um, um, but in, there was a season, maybe like four and five when it was full Marcel wave. And, uh, that was my own hair. And yeah, that looked like that, a crisp. But maybe season one was, a that wig was a it was like so long. Yeah. Yeah. So they had lots of that pieces in that. Yeah. My oh. hair at the front and then pieces at the back. Mm. And then we went into some wig worlds, but we had this amazing guy called Julio, um, from Argentina. And he was so good. And he, he basically was in charge of all of the tongage of the front of the hair. Ah. Um, 
So, and yeah, so the the wedding with the veil and the throwing that off, that's all my hair. Um, but it, it was quite hard going on it, as you can imagine. A lot uh, of heat. So much heat. heat. I got to send you some instant uh, recovery serum, Queen. It'll just... Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> and RN damage. You'll love it. You'll love it so much. Oh my God. It's the rest. So then, so, and then Alan, you're giving like, you're giving like uniform a lot. And this last movie, you're giving me like, just like cutie pie 1929 man clothes. Cause you're not like in a uniform per se. It's like mm-hmm. suit. You're like suited. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's so much more relaxed. Like the South of France definitely allowed for the costumes to change and show like that kind of chic, all the linens that we used to start wearing, mm-hmm. they started wearing then. And just, just the chance for, I think all our characters, you can see it in the movie that their shoulders kind of dropped. They're suddenly in a very different environment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was so beautiful and to shoot there was was incredible but there was that moment where we had uh, our Anna Anna Robbins our incredible costume designer was like you guys are going to be completely different from when we cut back to mm. the, other, the other main storyline back at the house so that is really in the south of France when you guys go there. Yeah. that was yeah I mean it was yeah it was like, giving, we all got the script there were some angry texts from people who knew they weren't going <laughs> yeah. oh because they were like you know other cast like, members they were like fuck you because Michelle got, Michelle had to stay she, oh, she didn't come to France. Um, no. And then, oh my God, that storyline had me so fucking stressed. Because that's <laughs> the question I was going to ask earlier, Alan, because it's like, I feel like at the end of the first movie, like you guys probably a little, like, there. it's like, I'll see you in a year or two. Because like, I, that was like such a cliffhanger. We had to know what was going to happen with the Dowager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. then my auntie, because I was like, obviously I told her what happened in the second movie, like any normal person would, you know, I got an early link. So I was like, I had to tell her. And I was like, you know, the dowager. And she was like, don't fuck it. And I was like, bitch, did you not see the first movie? Of course, that's what she yeah. said. She had a terminal illness at the end. Like she went like, yeah, yeah. but then no one saw, no one saw, not Cora. I was so no. upset. Oh, I was so upset. Um, And also the movie, the subplot with the movie, mm. that was did you guys love that? They love it. So great. It's so, so fun. You know, fun. it allows so much play for the characters that everyone has known for so long. Yeah. So then the the lady who plays the movie star with like yes. the hardcore, like, like Northern accent. What's her real life name again? Laura Haddock. We love Laura Haddock. Oh, yeah. And she can do an American accent. She's brilliant and kind and lovely. She's gorgeous. We love her. And that was like... Uh, cousin Cora accent she learns at the end. That's right. Yeah, she picks it up. She goes for like a little five minute chat with Cora and comes back with a perfect American Pitch perfect American accent. Yeah. I was clocking that she was going to come back mm-hmm. with a perfect Lady Mary accent. Right. Like, that's what I was expecting. But then I, but then I, was, but then I got, and like I got confused. I was like, oh, she, oh, she's going to America, honey. Yes. Okay, we're yeah. obsessed with her. I also am just like obsessed with Thomas's ending. I hope they just get to like gay sex mm. all through like the 30s, 40s, Absolutely. 50s and just like, Imagine. you know, just be so old and happy together. That was really cute. Um, and also, yeah. can I just say, Alan, you were saying earlier that like now we hope that, you know, we get to come back like each time, but it's like the movie feels like we really like mm. wound people. St- I mean, I felt mm-hmm. complete, which is also part of the emotionalness because I was like, where do we go from here? Go. I feel like, yeah. I mean, you both could do spinoffs like Lady, like Lady Edith, like hot fucking like career into journalism. You yeah. and your new gorgeous wife. Because are you guys going to go to, you guys just still live in London. Are you, are you going to America? Or no, you went to no, America, but then you we came have back. Our own, we have our own estate now. We have our own oh, estate. God. The wedding was actually their home. <laughs> yeah. Because wasn't yeah. that in the first, like, didn't you like try to do America? And you're like, wait, no, no, I don't like it. Because then you came back and you're like, no, I don't like this. It was so fun. Yeah, so it was written so that cars. at the end of season five, it was like, I'm gone. He's gone to Boston. And I felt like he got to Boston. I was like, it's really fucking cold here. Bye. Yes. And he, yes. Yeah, I was, he was so back relieved. five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I did not want you to leave. I really didn't. So what was your guys' like dressing situation like? Like, let's say cameras roll at 10. Mm-hmm. What time? And we'll do Alan for this. And then we're going to eat. Or she's, uh, Laura. Uh, <laughs> what time do you have to, this, this happens all the time, right? Like, I'm not all the only the one. Like, it's like really annoying. Oh, and it's just time. like, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's no, like, it's okay. So I went to no, people it's like, nice when people care. That- <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like you know but it, when people care that much that they're that invested that they really see you as the character yeah I mean you can't ask for more really you know but I want to yeah. see you guys as like 75 other characters too so it's like I'm not like I as okay. a yeah, dad I've like I'm yeah. ready for you guys just like do everything I'm, I'm here for it like smack me in the face with your other roles I can't I can't wait yes. so but let's say for Downton and now that we know that like there's obviously such rich 
material for spinoffs as I think about it. Mm-hmm. Like just debit, mm, I'm just putting that out yeah. there if anybody's listening. Because mm-hmm. um, Julian's an expert in like the 30s too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But he can really write a- any period, I yeah. think, as long as it involves some kind of um, ar- aristocracy. Mm-hmm. But back to HMU. <laughs> so, like, yes. so, Alan, it's 10, like the cameras roll at 10. You have to get to like the HMU trailer at... Yeah, uh, 9.53. Um, yeah. For guys, oh. it really is. The guys really are much easier than the girls. Yeah. But you couldn't have any hair on your face. Yeah. You had to like, yeah, you so had to be like clean ash shaved, shaven, but would you just do yeah. that at home? No, you do it. At, uh, on, there's a little place that you'd stand and we're all giving our little special razors and we do that. But I mean, okay, so 15 minutes before and then a quick blow dry of the hair, you know, a little bit of hairspray. I've got very light, fine hair. So I'm like, you're wasting your time. We might as well do it down there because the minute the wind comes, it's like... <laughs> I had a great guy called Finn who would get us dressed and he obviously is very specific about, you know, your, your attire and you make sure you're only taken down enough that when you do, you know, it's like a child getting a child dressed because you think you look lovely. And then by the time you get to set, they're like, how the fuck have you done that? What have you, where did you go? <laughs> yeah. Cause like you can't sit down in those suit yeah. tracks. It'll get all like wrinkled. And then if you have like a shot from behind you. Yeah. The starch shirts are the worst because as you do those dinner scenes, the starch goes out of them and then like they start to malform and so you have to, you really can't. So you're sitting there like that, like basically moving around like a robot for for the whole day. Okay, and then we're, we have to go back to dinner later. I just like wrote that down because that's like a whole other thing that I learned from that documentary. Mm-hmm. But Laura, so mm. you, like and obviously it's probably different because it's like if you have like a, in your bedroom scene, maybe that's yeah. different from like a dinner yeah. scene. But let's say it's like dinner and like, you know, we think that like, you know, Anna's got to come up there and like get Mary ready and then you ready because you guys are like yeah, sharing. Yeah. So like how long would it take you to shoot a dinner scene like to get an HMU? Um, maybe two and a half hours. Yeah. And the, but they would also have to stagger it because the cast is so enormous. So and we might have a team of four or five key makeup artists. And so they would start you and then you would maybe go away for the after two hours in the chair, maybe you go away, maybe have some breakfast, get dressed or like half dressed. And then say my makeup artist Elaine would then start Maggie and then I would come back and she'd do the last half an hour and then and then throughout the day if it and particularly if you're not if you're in a looser um you know wave they they don't want it to drop so then it's like we need to put another roller in we need to see you with a tongue all of that then that also is making me think like you know, like as fans, we hear about like, not on Downton Abbey, but like anytime someone is like a method actor, was there ever anyone who was just like, don't fucking call me Laura, like I'm Lady fucking Edith until six o'clock to like, do not fucking like, yeah. like did, did anyone, and you don't have to tell me who, but like, did anyone no, have that yeah. approach to their character? I didn't think so. Like, not really. And, and there was never even the kind of sense of like, as you say, like someone acting out within the cast, mainly because oh, there yeah. was no ego from the top. And if there's no e- ego at the top with Maggie, mm. no one's getting a chance to have an ego further down, you know? Yeah. So, and everyone, and the way she would even just interact with us in between takes, we'd all just sit around. Laurie used to show mm. her great cat memes. Because she's just like really cool and chill, <laughs> Maggie really fucking cool. yeah. Smith is. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just now realized, in this very moment, I think I just realized that I'm only like two degrees of separation away from her. Like, oh I know God. two yeah. people that... Talk to her and like yeah, stood yeah, next yeah. to her. <laughs> fucking Maggie fucking Smith. Yeah. yeah. And if we've been doing this when we were filming, we would be talking about you tomorrow. Absolutely. Think- yeah. Okay. Can I just say season three? I can't remember if it's like, I think it's after, I think it's after Matthew or it could be after Sybil, but it's like mm. when she walks into the high, mm. the, that Sybil. castle and it's just yeah. like, all she has to do is walk a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't even have a line. She just like, remember it's just like that wide shot and she's like walking. I don't think I've ever cried harder in my life, including when I got HIV and my dad died in our living room. Like, oh I feel God. like I, like that, like I was yeah. bereft. Like yeah. she, like when you guys watched that scene, did you cry? Like you had to a little, right? Oh my God. Oh my so God. Much. But like, yeah. how, how do you act to the back of your head and act better than yeah. anyone else that you've I ever know. seen? Like, 
And just her physicality of how she then took on the matriarch again. Oh, it's so beautiful. The Man. pain. Man. And like, yeah. he's like yeah. this again. Like, I gotta go be the strong yeah. one. So were you guys on set when that happened? No, she was just doing that by herself, probably. No, I, I don't remember that day, yeah. yeah. Can you guys ever, like, if you're there early or something, like, is there, like, monitors where you can, like, watch someone else's scene? Yeah, and then the oh, high yeah. place yeah, stuff, yeah, we would be around for a lot of it. And... And, you know, it's TV, so you are kind of shooting fast. You would be around for some of those moments. Um, but I don't remember being there that day, but there's there's been plenty of times where we've gone, do you want to come and see Maggie do that scene? Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So to, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place. I've never like done like a less structured interview. I just like literally have too much like endorphin. Like I'm so high on my fangirlness that like I can't even stand it. So back oh to the God. movie, her, the final scene. Mm-hmm. You guys are all there. You both are there for the mm-hmm. final scene. Yeah. When she's talking to the Earl of Grantham and he's like, you know, you've always been like more clever than me. And she's like, that's true. Like that last <laughs> clip like, was yeah. so funny. Like I laughed because I was so sad and like that made me lol. And then when her maid wouldn't stop crying, um, what's it's, um, what's Denker. her like? Denker. Yeah, Denker. Yes, yes, yes. Which is, she's like, I can't even hear myself dying again. Like I just, I really wanted to like stand up in my living room and slow clap the writers because I feel like that <laughs> moment was so sad. Like you needed that moment of like, you just needed that moment in her character just like she was like a quippy funny queen so i just love that they that that's how she got to go where you did you guys you felt that in that scene i cried yeah oh yeah it was it was very emotional and in the rehearsal i felt like we couldn't really look at each other we knew that it was just going to be a big crier like i just Mm -hmm. with michelle going like i can't i can't really look at you in the eye because we've got a while to shoot the scene and i'm just going to be and it was the same with sybil you know there's always those scenes that you go I don't, if anything, I have to just concentrate on not going too far <laughs> into it because mm. it feels so um, personal in that moment. And yeah, it was an amazing day, that that scene. Yeah. Alan, what was it like for you on that scene? The same. I think sometimes you have to be careful that you, the, the I suppose the, the gravitas of what was happening in relation to this character that everyone, even us cast members, have absolutely loved and watched and and we've had the experience of doing it directly there. So you're also saying goodbye to a castmate, say this ever mm-hmm. was to go on. So that was massive for, for, for me as well. And you're also then just trying to be in the scene and be there. But as you said, the way he wrote it, he did that brilliant thing of the British kind of finding humour in even the great, the, the darkest of times, which uh, the way that he writes in such a British way, it works so well, as you said, that it has to be equipped by someone else to deflect and then you turn around and... She's gone. Okay, two more things for you, Alan, from the movie. And there will probably be more knowing myself. One, this isn't really a question. I loved your swimsuit. Like, that swimsuit was so cute with your little hat and that little top. My first thought was like, ew, I hate that in the, like, 1929s, like, we didn't do full topless swimsuits. Like, I think that's what the gay audience will probably say, which is fine. But then I was like, so fashionable, so cute. I love it anyway. So just... Mm -hmm. Offering that, love the look. But then I thought, after we find out, because what's your what's your new wife's character's name? Lucy. Lucy, of course, I name. So when we find out that Lucy's pregnant, I was kind of like, I would have been really fucking nervous if I was you. Cause you're like, yay, like we're having a baby. And I was like, um, I don't know if you remember this, but the last oh, yeah. time your wife had a baby, it like <laughs> just like it was like, you know what I mean? I just was like, I and I was just thinking about like it's already nerve wracking, like now having a baby, which is like precisely why I don't have one. But back then it was like really fucking dicey in the streets having babies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seriously was. I mean, and, and the way that babies were born, I mean, that idea that it was the, the man stands downstairs, get me some hot water and some towels and let's see what happens. Terrifying. My family has a bed in this cabin in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan that my great grandmother was born on, and I remember like us like like it was like a thing in the field. You get to sleep on the bed, and I'm like, why did we think that was cool? Like fucking like afterbirth and like umbilical cords and stuff all over this like bed. You know, it's like gross. I'm just trying to think if I die back in my questions or ask the questions that I've been like writing down furiously. Okay. Also from that documentary, I learned that like remember how in your dinner scenes like they were saying how like character like the matriarch of the time she would have like turned this way and then everyone talks to the person on their right for like the little bit mm-hmm. and then she turns this way and they talk to that way and then it's like a free-for-all and you can like talk across the table that's true right that's true yes yeah, yeah. it's the person of the highest rank at the table gets a female of the highest rank gets to decide who speaks or the head mm. of the household 
So if Cora had been on vacation and Mary had been sick, you would have gotten to do it, Lady Edith? Oh my God, that's a good point. I don't know. I guess so. I never got that hot seat. Or if you'd all gone to your house. Well, yes, if it was in my house. Yeah. But your house was Downton. So now now she's got like, now she's... um, She's a marchioness. A marchioness. But in one through five... Or six. Yeah. Four. I guess five. then maybe I would have got that seat if they When do you get out. your own house? When I marry Bertie, oh, yeah. she gets like the palace. She like outranks them yeah. all oh, by the yeah. end of the season. That's she becomes the, first the most movie. powerful. Oh, that's the end of the last the end of season. Season. Six. Six. Yeah. Six. yeah. Yeah, that kind of. Yeah, because oh, yeah, that... there's like a special. Because we finish with the like, what's going to happen? And then there's an extra special where. But that was the genius part because then Lady Mary was like, what the fuck? How did she just like, like she just got whiplash. Yeah, that was amazing. What was it like when you got to read that? Were you like, finally? Well, then we'd gone to that location in the previous season and the location guy, Sparky and Donal, the production designer, they were saying to me like, so do you like the house? Do you like it? And I was like, yeah, it's like an amazing castle. It's brilliant. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good that you like it and this sort of like they knew the storyline was gonna that I was gonna end up getting it and that she was gonna get this sort of fairy tale ending before any of us so I had a little hint but I mean I never saw it coming and I think Julian just kept on piling on the hardships Redith knowing she's gonna get this really good happy ending and that was so cool I loved it you deserve that. And can I also just say, it's interesting to me that my brain like did that because we also did this episode of getting curious about misinformation. And we learned from this like misinformation expert that the way that your brain sees something the first time, it will always want to remember it that way. Mm-hmm. And then you were just saying that, like, you know, it's like you had like, it was, it was like hardship after hardship after hardship. So it's yeah. like, when I think back about it, I think about that before I think that you had like this ultimate fairy tale ending, which is so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And then it's like in the movie, you're just kind of like, I just, I think my brain just, my little queer brain just spaced it because like, she's a fucking journalist now and she's nailing it. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So, okay. When you guys got the script for the last movie, I was kind of hoping slash wondering, is there going to be a dream sequence? <laughs> you know, with baby Sybil and baby Matthew. Oh. No such luck. There was no dream <laughs> sequence. But wouldn't that have been kind of cute if like Sybil had like come in your dream and been like, it's okay. Like, go just, just diddle. Like, fuck, <laughs> fuck her. And like, I love it. Like, the family's so obsessed. And like, I love that the family loves you too so much. Like, yay. Mm, yeah. I, I would have been up for that. Or even <laughs> if their ghosts came through, like, at one of the big ballroom scenes. Yeah. Wouldn't that be good? Agents yeah, and like actors alike. If everyone could have gotten it together, I would have lived for it. I just think it would have been like, it just would have been fierce. Um, yeah, so just that was not even a question. I just have been writing down things that I wanted to like say at you. Uh, so that's we, how. What about the musical? We've always thought there should be a Downton Abbey musical. We come up with like the titles of songs. Edith has to sing Jilted at the Altar, which yeah. is a little upbeat number. Because she was jilted at the altar. Yes, <laughs> yes. It must happen. Okay, wait. So now we have 12 minutes left. I'm going back into my questions because like I have more Jesus Christ loves us. Okay, so it starts in 12, ends in 29. And with um, Alistair's expertise, can you each, and I'll start with, who wants to go first before I ask the question? You guys tell me. You go, Alan. Okay, Alan's going going first. You're in the hot seat. How did your carriage and approach to playing Tom have to change because of the years? So, like, how did he change from, like, 1912 to 1929 in terms of, like, the eras? So, really great question. And I think the way the character certainly Tom had to adapt, wasn't just about the time frame, but also the circumstance. I mean, my character probably went on probably the greatest journey of how to to, to have to, you know, adapt within each situation. Going from working for the household to suddenly the household working for him when he became a state manager and trying to traverse all of the, the difficulties that that brought was probably one of the most fun things that I've got to do. And, um, Again, I think that was not just because of the time period, but also my character was one of the ones that was uh, probably the most advanced in his thinking along with Edith. And he was like, we got to move on to a modern world. We got to, we got to change how we're thinking. And 
I love that he gave both Julian Fellows, the writer, gave both myself and Laura the opportunity to be those kind of progressive characters, especially in the face when everyone else is like, well, we're getting a hitch. We're like, well, you know what? Maybe that's not the be all and end all. Mm. Yeah. Your characters are progressive as fuck. Yeah. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think probably for him is one, one journey because he's doing a social class thing, whereas mm. well, I'm segueing to you, Larry. Yeah. Um, the fact that uh, for, for a woman to take on what she did was mm. absolutely revolutionary at that time. Yeah. I just want to stick with you for two seconds, Alan, because I have one more follow up oh, on that. And then I'm jumping right back into you, Laura, because I need this thing. We're going on the same journey. Was there anything that like Alistair would have said to you that was like, actually, that was great, Tom, we loved it. But like, actually, that's like that phraseology or like that body movement would have been more like 1919. But we're like, you know, 1924 now because it's season four or whatever. Like, yeah. can you like not say, oh, shucks, or whatever the <laughs> you know, British version of oh, that? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I was, I was, yes, absolutely. And I was the worst for that. I mean, uh, he sewed up the pockets of my pants because I kept putting my hands in my pockets. And he goes, no one put their hands in their pockets at the time. And I was like, well, why the fuck are they here? But he did, he sewed them up. And then as it went into the later seasons, you were actually allowed to put your hands in a box and became fashionable around the late 20s to, to do it. Mm. So that was so, so freeing within the movie, this movie as well, in the south of France, I was, I was doing a lot of pocket action. Mm. That's like totally what I wanted to go for. Thank you for taking us there. Okay, <laughs> Laura. So it's 1912 for you. I yeah. feel like I definitely in the hair. It's very obvious. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have like that. It's more like Victorian, like those big ass low buns mm-hmm. in season one. Then we get more like finger wavy, Marcelli. It gets yeah. more like flapperish as time mm-hmm. goes on, which I have to say, really appreciate. God, that was so good. I actually mm-hmm. just got chills on my triceps just thinking about how good the hair was. So what was that like for you? Like in body language and character, especially with like, because like, at the, at the Downton set, like you're, you know, you have to be this like, mm-hmm. like chin up, you know, like super proper. But then as you start going into London and almost living this kind of like That's it. double life adjacent, double life as you can get in the 1920s, honey. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you fully double lived. That was like yeah. full on double life as I think about it. That's like you had another kid. It was like a whole thing. Did your character's body language change? Like, did you think of it differently based on where you were? Yeah, I think I did. I think to begin with, Edith probably was one of the more traditional characters. I think she thought she was going to have a life very much like Violet's. You know, she was just going to get married and live in a big house and do that thing. But it wasn't that way for her. And I think the biggest thing for all of the characters, but especially the women, was was living through the war and, you know, they got to do some stuff. They got jobs. She like worked the farm. She learned to drive a tractor and all of that really changed her, her feelings about herself and what she thought her life could be. And then, yeah, after she was jilted, women who were married were allowed the vote, but single women under 30 weren't allowed the vote. And that's when she wrote the letter to the Times and it sparked off this interest with this journalist and that changed her life. And yeah, she then got to go to London and go to all these sexy parties and she really transformed. But I I loved how it it really felt like an emotional journey about her finding self-worth and finding something for herself. And that just changed her into this more modern character. And yeah, then she got to have fun with the fashion that changed. Oh God, the fashion was so good. But was Alistair ever like, you know, like in season like six or the special or, or like first movie or two, like you're kind of like a bad bitch now. You like to fight everybody. And you, Cause like, I feel like I saw you, like your character becomes more confident. Yeah, like, I think that's right. There was some stuff I remember like kicking off her shoes. There was a scene with Bertie where we decided to play it like on the sofa. And and I think Alistair was kind of twitching at that point. He was like, just, just, <laughs> like just, it's not right, it's not right, it's not right. But um, but we were like, we're going to do it. We're going to shoot it like that. So sometimes there was a bit of pushback um, because there obviously there's like the proper way of doing things of the time. And particularly for these characters, you know, these aristocrats, they really cared about the rules. So it, it definitely became like, no, this is a character choice that they're ignoring them. And that that should feel, as you say, like it should feel like a break from the norm for them. Because there had to be people back then that would like bend in. Exactly. And I'm sure that did happen. Yeah. So this is, we have like six minutes left. I'm going to go into a rapid fire. But before I do that, it just, it came back to me. Season two the Anastasia male cousin. <laughs> I was feeling some kind of way for you on that. Like, obviously, like, we, like, in real life, like, we didn't think he was the one. No. Right? Like, yeah. no. <laughs> I know. Like, I was, like, talk so about crazy. hardships. Totally. 
It was a hard one. Why did they make you fall in love with him? (laughs) Or like have a crush on him? She really just, I felt like those early, like, like love interests for Edith were really like, she was... She was really trying. She was really, really like, even in like 2014, like I was still yeah. like struggling with drug addiction. Then I was like going through it. And even like in my meth fog, I was like, why are they doing Lady Edith like this? Like this <laughs> anesthesia is like, yeah. I just, but I just think like you actressed me right through that. Like I'm you just think you, you're like, you're so clap for that. Like you, the, the choice. Wow. Just, okay. She so, okay. So there's that. Oh, then I also just have to say before our lightning round, is it true that like, I've read that like Tom Barrow, Barrow, of course, mm-hmm. um, was he really was only supposed to do like a three little storyline arc in the beginning, but then he just like ended up staying forever. Oh, Tom Brunson. That, that was yeah, Tom. That was Brunson. Oh, that was you. It's confusing. Yeah. It was a Tom and a Thomas. And yeah, but I feel like that. these queer journalists got confused because I feel like in like Out Magazine and like Insti- <gasps> like Instinct and stuff, there's these like articles and oh. like the earlier that were saying like it was like. Thomas was like, or yeah, Thomas yeah. was like supposed yeah. to like, oh, that, but that was you, you charmed that. Was Tom that. Branson. Yeah, was only supposed to stick around for a little while. And <sighs> it was, I suppose Julian just liked the idea of, of number one, him being, you know, out of the you know, social order and then also being Irish added another element to it. And a socialist and a bit of a, a rebel. Yeah. And I <sighs> It's such a hottie. It's yeah. not your fault. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not your fault. It's true. Okay, rapid fire questions for the last four minutes. Okay. Both, I'm, I'm going to start with, uh, we're going to go to Laura first on this. If you could star in another period drama, when would it take place? Oh, um, um, maybe the 50s. Not okay, I want the same 50s. question. Ooh, I'd love to go for the back 1800s. Ah, okay. Mm. If you time traveled to 1920s England, how would you spend a day? Laura. Um, you know, in my newspaper office, I'm going to channel Edith and just live the glamorous journalist's life. Ah, Alan. I'm hitting, I'm hitting the Ritz. <laughs> I'm going to try and knock in, see the queen or the king at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm going to try and do all the stuff, but pretend that I'm so upper class that I get just walk into places in my top hat. I would not that the question was for me but I was going to say it. I would go have like all the 1920s gay sex I could have especially because yeah. it's like pre-HIV AIDS I would just like come in me like I just not to be like you know but I just like the, you know I'm probably not yeah. I, mean, I guess you could get syphilis you could get syphilis oh, yeah, so that's yeah. but it's only a day and then when you come back to present time you can take an antibiotics you could just like get down your bed yes. and so that's what I would do if you hosted a Downton themed dinner party what would you serve? Laura um, a Downton themed dinner party um Loads of champagne and then probably some sort of weird meat jelly. <laughs> That's what they have. Everything in aspic. Really weird. A bit gross. Alan, yeah, so true. I would do what we. I would do a Downton filming day theme, and I would make uh, chicken uh, instead of fish, <laughs> but call it fish. And then I would make everything that looked sour be much more sour because it's been sitting on a plate for twelve hours. <laughs> okay, actually, yeah, I'm breaking this lightning round for just a one second question, but it has to be fast because you guys only have two minutes left. You know how in like Golden Girls, like it was just like the cheesecake was like mashed potatoes, they never eat it, like it comes close and they never. So, like when you guys were in those dinner scenes, like you had to eat the food and would it just be sitting there for like 50,000 years? Yeah. Yeah, well, they yeah. would change it out all the time. Um, well, the only thing that was different was when we were in South of France on this movie. I uh, stupidly agreed that I would um, de shell the lobster that had been there for two days in like 100 degree heat. I bet that and, like, smelled one nice. Day, clicked yeah. it. Entrails on my face, dribbling down. <laughs> the I was, green I was, part. I had a moment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, back to the back to the rapid. <laughs> if you could keep anything from this movie, like a set piece from the movie, what would it be? Oh. Mm. Um, my South of France wardrobe, like all of it. It's really great. I loved it. You never got to. They never let you keep one thing. Not one thing. What the fuck? I know. It's so rude. I would have my agent make a call, honey. <laughs> yeah. That's not. You need one. That you deserve one dress, honey. You, you deserve that. Yeah. Yeah, Alan. I'm gonna go for the same. I have to go for that that linen um, linen uh, double breasted suit. But then for you, mm. I would get the swimsuit and mail it to you. Mm. Oh, I actually want the chandelier. I want like that big ass fucking chandelier that was in that South of France house. Yeah, there was oh, like this. Yeah, yeah I, I'm going mm. for something a little bit pricier. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, okay. I think that's. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, wait. Oh, oh. And also, do you guys watch the Gilded Age? Have you guys seen the Gilded Age yet? Both of you. Yeah, I haven't seen it because I have because I, I get it it's like you know you did it's like it would be like if I wanted if I was like have you seen Queer Eye Germany like no okay I haven't fucking seen it yet but here's the thing it's so fucking good and I, I really wait. want like a young Maggie Smith character oh. there needs to be because it's in 1885 New York yeah. so I feel like Maggie would have been like 
40 and not because if she was, Uh wait, no, let's think about that. If she was like 85 and 1912, oh, I guess she would have only been like 50. That's hot. I mean, (laughs) Maggie Smith in her 50s in New York City, like. But could it be the Shirley MacLaine? Hang on. What about Shirley MacLaine's character? Yeah. Even better. When would the Dowager have had time to like get all the way to America when Mm -hmm. she was in Russia having that like hot fling? Yeah, it totally has to be Shirley MacLaine. You're so Fucking, and a baby Cora. Because Cora was probably yeah. like right across the street. Like, oh, yeah. 16, 17. Oh. Yeah. You That's guys. Okay, yeah. Last question. What's next for you, Laura? What's next for you, Alan? We'll go to Laura first. Oh, my God. I really, I have no idea at the moment. It's all exciting. Um, um, You're getting a box of JVN hair stuff. I love That's you com- for that. That's oh so God. exciting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've just done another series of The Secret She Keeps, which is this Australian thriller thing. So that's coming out soon. So yeah, I'll just be talking about that next for a bit. I love a thriller. Mm-hmm. Neat must watch. Yeah, she's. it's a, a completely different world. It's great fun. She's a kind of baby stealing uh, psycho. It's great fun. Uh, I that. just got this VPN. That's how I get mm-hmm. like my figure skating. Like that oh, yeah. is not on in America. Um. But I bet I can smuggle it. I think oh, yeah. I can watch it because I don't oh, yeah. have it. Oh, you I can make can. it. You definitely yeah, can. I, I'll make it think that I'm in Sydney and then I can see it. Oh my God, I can't wait. Alan, what's next for you? I've got a movie coming out that I did with J.K. Simmons called You Can't Run Forever. And then I had, did a movie just up in Canada, another thriller um, that was very cold. And that's coming out next year. You guys are both giving like a thriller. You're like, honey, look I at our versatility. Yeah. Uh, I'm obsessed with that for you guys. Can I just say... This is like medicine for my soul. I have never felt better in my life. I this is like the most fun interview I've ever had in like three two hundred seventy five interviews. I've like I've never lived like a better life than I have for the last like fifty six minutes. Like you don't I even feel know. So I've been so, so excited. It's been the yeah, thing have. I've been looking forward to the most about this whole press tour talking to you. I can't yeah. really. You're magnificent. So yeah, much. you're so fantastic. Oh, oh my god, we're, we're mega fans so of you. Much. You don't <laughs> even know. Anymore. I'm sweating with excitement. <laughs> I just, oh my it's god. a total dream. Oh my god. Wait, you know what? Also, part of the movie I love before we go, when you got to see Daisy and Mrs. Prattmore and. Oh, Mrs. Hughes. Oh. Mrs. Hughes. Yeah, Mrs. Hughes, of course. Seeing Mrs. Hughes and Mrs. Prattmore in their full on extra outfits. Oh, it's so good. Aww. So much fun. Boobage. Boobage. You know what I thought oh, they gosh. did a really good job of? Course of? It's- but I have to give them credit. I, just before we end, I thought they did such a good job because it's like. I, like when they did that, I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to like look like too much the part. But I, yeah, yeah. It's like, but they did a really good job of like playing the characters like they were so excited to be like they didn't yeah. look like comfortable. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. they just looked, and I thought that was like so endearing and sweet. Like I just yeah. uh, I just the movie is so good. I feel like I haven't sung its praises enough. You guys, Downton fans, it's so good. And we should put a disclaimer in this for people to listen to it after they watched it. But like. God, it's so good. You guys just did such oh. a good job and you just such talented actors. And I'm so excited to watch the other stories that you tell. And thank you for pouring your hearts into this work. It's just, it's so amazing. And this interview just, oh. it gave me my whole fucking life. So thank you so much. Stop. And I just love you guys so much. Oh, love you're you brilliant. so, thank you so much. much. You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. Our guest this week was Alan Leach and Laura Carmichael of Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey, A New Era is out across the U.S., You'll find links to their work in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. If you enjoyed our show, please introduce a friend and show them how to subscribe. Podcasts thrive when you tell your friends, honey. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CuriousJBN. Our socials are run and curated by Middle Seat Digital. Our editor is Andrew Carson. Getting Curious is produced by me, Erica Ghetto, and Zara Krim. 